you are listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant congregation outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. You can learn more about us at BethelCov.org. Thanks for listening. This year, 2020, you're going to see more of God's goodness in your life because that is who he is. That is his nature and his character is goodness. And he wants your life to be full of his goodness because he's called us to higher things. He's called us not to be stuck in the, the misery and the despair of this world, but to live by his ways and by his laws. So that's what we're seeing happen in Ukraine little by little is the gospel is transforming a land that was once called hopeless. And God is moving, and we just know that there's so much more to come. And I thank all of you for being a part of that ministry of spreading God's kingdom to a country that most of you have probably never been to and never will be. But you know that you are part of what's going on there because it's not just one person on the ground in a country that is making things happen, but it's all of us together as the body of Christ. It's, so when you read my newsletters or you see things on Facebook or whatever, just know that you have part of that because if you pray for Ukraine, that's why things are happening is because it's all of us together. It's not just me. It's not just my church in Ukraine praying, but it's all of us around the world praying and believing for God to change a nation, and that's why we're seeing things happen. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting me, for encouraging me, for loving me, for welcoming me here today. And I encourage you after the service is over, there's two signups out there. If you don't get my newsletter in the mail, there's one that says mail. And I really need people's emails because I want to do more stuff online. I realize I need to be more technologically advanced and not just do Facebook. So please give me your email addresses so I can send out some email updates too. Um, I know every year you guys do the hats, mittens, and scarves tree, and I have a photo here that I'll leave out there for you guys to see some of where those things went this year. And we have a few photos maybe that we'll be able to show on the screen too. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, there you go. You can see. So the picture or the photos, the hats and the mittens all this year, they went to kids in the dorms. They got a lot of blankets. There were some socks because it's really cold in the dorms. They don't like to turn on the heat. That dorm especially that you saw, they, their heater broke, so they were freezing, and they were so happy to have those blankets. So, And we told them, though, that people prayed for you guys, and when they brought these blankets, these aren't just a blanket, but you've been prayed for and you've been blessed, and they really received that. And the rest of them went to kids at a kid's shelter who they're there either because they have difficult family situations or they're going into the foster care system or they're just there because um, their only family member is ill and they could be there for years. And they were just so blessed to have these hats, mittens, and scarves. They were so excited, just like, you know, it seems so simple, a little scarf or a little hat. And they were just so excited to have something brand new, something that someone thought about them and prayed for them. And it was just awesome to hand those things out. So thanks for being part of that. They all get used. They all go to people in need. And they just know that they're blessed by that simple gift. So thank you guys for doing that. Beyond that in Ukraine, I know um, we've, you've heard a lot about us in the news lately. <laughs> um, and I can say on our side from Ukraine that our new president, Zelensky, he's done great things for our country. He's been president since May. And anything involved with America, all he said was he never felt threatened by the American president. So that's all I can tell you. <laughs> but that's enough about politics. <laughs> 
Because the real thing that matters is that Jesus is king and he's coming back soon. No matter what country we live in, no matter who our president is, no matter what political turmoil or situations we're facing or wars like we still have in Ukraine, it doesn't matter because Jesus is king and Jesus' peace overrules everything and Jesus' ways overrules everything. His goodness, his kindness, his life-changing freedom can change any heart and any life. So the things we've seen in Ukraine this past year, my favorite thing to do is go to the women's home on Thursday mornings and just spend time with these wonderful ladies. There's 120 of them there. And they just, you know, they're a joy to me and we're a joy to them. And I've just seen so many changes. This year I kept speaking to them about the same thing um, from 2 Timothy 5.17, I think, 5.16, and 18, about just teaching them to pray always, rejoice always, give thanks without ceasing without ceasing because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus and we went over that and over that and after a few months it's like they were really getting it and they were telling me about how they were thankful for things that were happening or how they had been worshiping God together and we started teaching them to do worship with worship music because normally we come and we sing songs with all the actions and emotions and they follow us along but we started doing a couple worship songs with them every Thursday and I was just so shocked because I thought They're probably just going to all be talking and moving, but there was just silence and quiet, and they just worshiped God with us. And it's so good. And, you know, I can teach them so much from the Bible, but I know those moments of praise and worship are just as powerful. So it's just good to see how God is touching those that the world has forgotten, but he has not forgotten them. Another thing I've been doing a lot of this last year is evangelism on the streets with free tea and coffee or lemonade. We did hot cocoa for a while, too. And it's so good. It's so good. I love it so much. Like, I would do it all the time if I could, but it's hard to get volunteers, and I can't do it all by myself. So we do it a couple times a month, and it's just so easy. We set up the table. We play a little music on a speaker, and... You know, we just love people. We just talk to people. And it's not threatening, and it's not hard, and I'm not standing there yelling at them, telling them that they're going to hell, but I'm just loving them simply with the gospel and saying that, you know, God has not forgotten you, and there is something more for your life. And you're not here by accident today. This free cup of coffee that's warming your your stomach, it's also because God is here to warm your heart, to remind you that you are important to him, that he's never been away from you. And we prayed with so many people this year where there was testimony testimonies of healing. There was testimonies of salvation. People praying right there at the table with us. One of them getting down on his knees because they're so desperate for something that's different. And there was one lady, her and her granddaughter, they just stood there. I mean, it's like by a busy bus stop. She just stood there on the street with us for about 40 minutes. And she's like, I hope I'm not bothering you. And we're like, no. And she's like, I just don't want to leave this place. She said, because there's something right here that I've never felt before. There's such peace and such joy. And she said, I know this is what I've been looking for my whole life, so I just want to stand here and enjoy this with you for a while. And it's a simple thing, you know, and we've had people start coming to our church. We've had heard about them going to other churches. We don't care where they go as long as they find God, as long as they have a relationship with Jesus. We just want to see our community changed. And it's a simple thing to do, and I just, I love doing it. We've had lots of things going on this year. Women's conference was amazing. We had like almost 150 women from 10 different churches. And again, they all came hungry for God. So it was a very special time. Just the atmosphere in that hotel was holy. And God touched so many hearts. There were so many that left feeling that they had found the healing that they needed in their heart or freedom. And we did lots of, we also did several camps this summer. Our kids camp, our youth camp. We had 
I don't remember how many youth came, like 60 youth maybe and 30 workers and 27 young people, students got baptized in water while we were there at camp. So that was so awesome and so exciting. And so God really is changing lives. You know, he's really on the move. And everywhere we go, go we just see the same thing as that People feel forgotten. People feel like they're unimportant. People feel like nobody cares about them. And if we just bring that little bit of light, that little bit of faith, that little bit of hope to them, that it sparks something in them to search for God, to search for the truth. And that's the same thing that we need right here in Ellsworth in Wisconsin is the same thing is that people have been living in darkness for so long, they forget that the light is still shining and that there is still hope for their life, that they don't have to live the same way for the rest of their life. Um, the church in Smila, pastors Dennis and Oksana send their greetings as well. If you read my newsletters, you know who they are. And my church, Church of Truth, we're six years now going on strong and doing a lot of work on our building. We were getting in some of the money that we need, and maybe within a year or two, we'll have people living in our True Hope Center where all these students, these orphans that we work with, it's going to be all these apartments and a place for them to live while they're transitioning from orphanage, foster care life into a normal established life. So we're really excited about all that God's doing. And one testimony before, if that video is going to work, we'll get that video ready. Um, one testimony I just want to tell you about one of our boys. His name is Yarick. He's 20 years old. He grew up in the orphanage system and he was, he was in bad shape, but he would still always come to our church. He was addicted to drugs. He was on everything. He was saying meth was his problem. He had started using heroin. And our pastor, Pastor Max, had come to America the beginning of November for a month, and he thought that was probably the last time he would see Yarick alive. And so we sent him to a rehab center because we tried so many things to help him, and nothing was, nothing seemed to break through. And we would pray for him, and they sent him to this rehab center about 40 miles from the city that we live in. And he was there three days, and they called us and told us he had left. And we're like, oh, no, not again. But... We had a prayer meeting that night, just after we got in the, fo- the phone call, and we were in my house praying, and we prayed for Yarick. And the next day, we had um, a youth meeting at the church, and he was there, and he looked at me, and he hardly, he doesn't talk to me very much. And he said, he said, um, he said, I have to tell you something. I said, what? He said, I repented yesterday. I was like, okay, that's good, because we hear that a lot, you know, that they repented. I was like, no. He's like, no. He said, you don't understand. I was like, well, tell me. He said, I left the rehab center, I started walking those 40 miles, and he said that was the first time I wasn't afraid to actually pray to God. I never prayed before because I knew it was serious, I knew it wasn't a game. And I talked to him and I repented and I said, if you still have hope for my life, please touch me and give me freedom and give me new life. And he said just at that moment a bus pulled up and picked him up and gave him a ride back to the city for free. And he knew that was God taking care of him because he didn't have any money. And he got back that night, spent the night with one of our guys from church, and he said, and the most amazing thing happened. He woke up in the morning, and he had been awake for about an hour, and he realized he hadn't had to go outside to have a cigarette. That was normally the first thing he had to do when he woke up, because he was you know, on everything. And then he realized he had no desire to drink alcohol, and he realized he had no desire to do any more drugs, and he was completely set free overnight. And it was like, and I'm telling you, that was in the beginning of November, and these past two months that we had him, I mean, he's always going to ministry things with us as much as he can, and he's now going to all of our kids who are in troubled situations, taking his Bible, going to their homes and being like, you're going to read the Word of God with me, and you're going to pray with me, because I know what God did in my life, and I know he can do it for you too. And it's such an answer to prayer, because we work with so many young people that are struggling with alcoholism and drug addiction, and just to have that, 
testimony of God's healing and freedom and salvation. It's like what we've been praying for. And so I'm just so excited to see what's happening now amongst the kids that we work with because that is a miracle. And God still does miracles. And I'm not saying that every single person that's on drugs is going to be instantly set free like that. But there is hope. There is a way out. And we'll look at this video right now for a few minutes. You can see some of the faces of everyone you've been praying for and what God's been doing. And Yark is at the end of the video. I'll point him out. <laughs> You all have part of that. Just remember that, okay? On hard days, remember that. You have part of what's going on in Ukraine. Yeah, at the end, the, in the, one of those last photos, that was Yarek holding on to a, one of the girls from the, the women's home. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, as that song said, he just keeps on getting better. And that's really the truth. As day after day, he keeps on getting better. The more we know him, he keeps on getting better and better. And that's what he wants for you in your life, too. And one of the thing I, things I just wanted to share with you today from the Word is just one of the greatest realities is that we live in God's kingdom. You are no longer part of the kingdom of darkness. You know, and so many of us live like we're still trapped by that, but we're not. It's like, think about if you went to the dog pound and you adopted a dog and the dog had come from an abused home. You know how those dogs are, how they're afraid to be touched, how they hide all the time. And even though your home is loving and kind, the dog still doesn't understand that. You know, because he still thinks he's in an abusive home. He's still expecting to be hit. He's still expecting to be yelled at. He's still expecting to be punished. But now he's in a loving family where the kids just want to love him and sleep with him in their bed, and the dog doesn't understand because all it knows was abuse and pain and suffering. But with time and with patience and with kindness, the dog can start to understand that things are different now. It can start to be happy. It can start to want to be petted. It can start to want to be loved. And even though I'm talking about a dog, so many Christians go through the same thing as they say that they believe. They say that they're a believer. They say that they've given their lives to God, but yet they still live like they're a slave to the devil, like they're a slave to the kingdom of darkness. But that is not God's truth for you. I no longer live in the kingdom of darkness. If you have given your heart to Jesus, you can confidently say that I live in the kingdom of light. I live by God's laws, not the laws of this world. And if that's the truth, what right does the devil have on you? What right does the enemy have to your life? He has no legal rights because you live in a new country now. Your passport or your driver's license says kingdom of God. It doesn't say kingdom of darkness. It says kingdom of light. And we need that reality to permeate our entire being, that we belong to him. We belong to him. We don't belong to the enemy. We don't belong to the devil. We don't belong to pain and suffering and depression and disease and illness and all these things that drag us down. We don't have to suffer in this life because God has already won. Jesus already has the keys of the kingdom of hell. The devil's already been defeated. And if that's the truth, we don't have to live like in a way that honors the devil. We don't have to live in a way that suffers because of it. I'm not saying that life is always easy. I'm not saying that there's not suffering and that there's not pain. But in God's kingdom, there is always hope. 
There's always hope. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. Whatever journey he takes you through, he builds character in you. He gives you more understanding of his nature, of his father's heart, of his peace that passes understanding. And he says, come and live in the kingdom of light like you're supposed to. If we go to the Bible, we'll start in Colossians. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 13 and 14. It says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We are no, I mean, literally, the Bible is always true, and it says you are no longer part of darkness. It has no hold on you. Like, a lot of people think, like, if I just make it through this life and I get to heaven someday, then things are going to be better. Then things are going to be good. But it's, you know, it's right now. As soon as you ask the Lord into your life, as soon as you repented of your sin and you said, I need you, Father. I can't live this way anymore. Come and change me. He breathes his breath of life on you, and you have new life. You have eternal life. Your spirit comes alive. And heaven, the reality of that heaven, starts from that moment on. Everything available in heaven is already available to you now. You just have to pray. You just have to ask him. Because, you know, we have not because we ask not. That's what it says in James. If you are praying and believing for a family member or for a loved one or for whatever situation it is, just ask and pray and believe and wait. And he answers. You know, his timing is not our timing, which sometimes can be frustrating. But even like with Yarick, that testimony, you know, we would have liked to have seen him get free a long time ago before we he got to that point of almost dying from drugs but God is sovereign and God is faithful and he never fails he literally never fails he doesn't always answer in the way that we want things to go but he never fails and if we trust that God is good to us you will see his goodness maybe it's in ways you don't expect but he is good no matter what he's good Ephesians 5 It's just a couple pages back for you. Ephesians 5, verse 8 says, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Verse 9, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. You know, and that's, that's when we enter into his kingdom. He takes us into his family. And you can confidently say, I am a child of God. You can confidently say, I am his daughter or I am his son, and nothing can ever change that. Nothing will take his love from you. Even if the world around you falls apart, he is still faithful to you. And if you reach out to him, if you don't close your heart off from him, he will continue to speak to you. He will continue to encourage you. He will continue to breathe fresh life on you. You can never make too many mistakes, you know, for God. He's always forgiving if you keep coming back to God. And that's, that is the thing that, I mean, I've fallen trapped to it too, that just frustrates me to no end though, is people in the church, people in, here in America, there in Ukraine, I see the same thing over and over again, is that when we have a problem, when we have a difficulty, when we're feeling despaired or hopeless or thinking that things are going terrible, we shut ourselves off from the community. We shut ourselves off from God because we think it's easier and we think no one understands what's going on with us. It's like, this is my individual problem and no one else could possibly understand me. 
And that's like the worst lie from the enemy. He wants to keep you isolated and alone. So he wants to draw you away from God. But if you don't turn your heart off, if you find someone you can talk to, find someone you can pray with, I promise you they're not there to judge you and ridicule you. They're there to love you and to encourage you and to support you. Just like Moses, when he was fighting in the desert, had to have the man hold, had to have Aaron hold up his hands so that the battle would be won. That's what the church is here for, is to encourage you to see God's will fulfilled in your life. This is your body. This is your family. And you know, if you don't, if you just be open, if you just be loving of one another we will see God do so many more things and you can find the healing in your heart that you need and the freedom and the forgiveness and all those things that you thought you couldn't have you will have if you just find someone and be real with them and be honest with them and let them speak into your life God's kingdom really works opposite to the kingdom of this world you know, if, thankfully, thank God, because this world is evil, and this world loves punishment, and this world loves to see people get what they deserve. <laughs> you know, have you, ever, have you ever thought that when you're watching something on TV? You're like, oh, yeah, they got what they deserved. And if your heart rejoices in seeing people punished, I have to ask, maybe you need a heart check. Are we supposed to be rejoicing when people are punished? Because are people really our enemies? No. Was hell created for people? No, hell was really created just for the devil and his demons. Unfortunately, people do go there because they don't receive the free gift of eternal life, but that's not what God ever intended it to be. So people are not your enemy. It's just that just like us, before we knew the King of Kings and the hope of his glory, we were trapped in darkness. We too were hopeless. We too were deserving of a life separate from God because we believed the Father of lives. We believed that we were worthless. And when you believe that you're worthless, you'll just do whatever you want, just to feel something, to sin, to do anything you can, just to have some kind of life. And that's what these people are believing. They've fallen into the, you've got to be angry, you've got to be strong, you've got to be tough. They've fallen into those lies because they've believed the father of lies. People are not your enemy. They're not your enemy. The only enemy is the devil and his demons, and you don't have to worry about them because Jesus already defeated them. If you stay close to Jesus, he keeps you strong. So God is saying, live as a child of light. Live as a child of my kingdom, because I have given you my last name. I have given you residency in my country, you know? And when you're a part of my family, nothing can come against you. You don't have to let it tear you down and break your heart. You can come to me, come to the Father. Let him love you. Let him talk to you. Let him give you what you're looking for, because all, everything we need is found in God. Everything literally everything. And God's justice is not like the justice of this world. I just said that, you know, we're always looking for somebody to get what they deserve. And I'm so thankful for that because if we all got what we deserved, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. Every single one of us, not one of you here is holy on your own. I hate to tell you that, but not one of you is, even if you're really good. Not one of you is deserving heaven on your own. We all deserve to be locked away, you know? And the world, they'd love to do that. They'd love to say, yeah, lock her up. She doesn't deserve a second chance at life. But God says no. He says, because I loved you so much, I chose to go to the cross. I chose to take the punishment for your sin upon myself. I paid the price so that you wouldn't have to. And when we are dealing with others, if our heart is not motivated by pointing them back to the cross... 
We have to ask God for forgiveness. We have to ask God to touch our hearts. We have to ask God to give us more love for those around us because his justice, his love always points to the cross and says, Jesus paid the price. If you come to me, you humble yourself, you pray, you ask for forgiveness, not just saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. I know if you have kids, you understand that they can say, I'm sorry and not mean it. If you really humble yourself and say, God, I need your help. God, I want to change. There's always forgiveness. There's always a second chance at life for you. There's always redemption and there's always restoration. And that's what he wants for every single person. And that is what he has made each and one of us a minister of, as a minister of reconciliation. I can't remember where that verse is right now. I think it's in 1 Corinthians. But that's what he's called us to do. And that's the reconciliation he's talking about is he, the longing and the desire of his heart is for all of us to be in right relationship with God, to be in right relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says, and if you're not loving people and being kind to people and speaking the truth in love, then he wants you to come to him so you can be full of his heart, so that you can have that perspective, you can have that confidence that I am accepted in God's family. My confidence comes from knowing that Jesus Christ approves of me. Even though he knows that I've failed miserably, even though he knows that I'm not a perfect person, even though I'm still learning, I'm still walking out my salvation, once I got saved, my spirit became perfect, my soul is still in the process of sanctification, becoming holy, learning to live the right life. The body is also the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're working on that too. But, you know, it's all a process. But Jesus is saying, involve me in all of that process. Come to me, look to me, and he will use you wherever you are to be the light of Christ, to bring that little bit of hope. Just like I was talking about when we do evangelism, just like that woman just wanting to stand there because there was something there. The presence of God was there. He can do that through you. Not any single one of us is too far gone for God to use you. <laughs> if you just look to him, if you give your heart to him, you will be amazed. For some of you, that is talking to people. For some of you, that is praying for people. For some of you, that's just saying one little word of encouragement to someone else around you, someone you work with, someone in your family. And I'm not saying, like, it's not nagging. It's not being like, you know better. Get your life right. But it's something that brings life and hope at the end of that tunnel, you know. God's heart, God's word. God's ways always bring life and hope to those around us, you know? And that's just what I want to encourage you with, is just remember, remember, you do not belong to the kingdom of darkness. If you are a child of God, you live in God's kingdom already. Everything, all the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing God, your Father, has called you his own child has said, I accept you into my beloved. There's a verse that says, nothing can ever take you out of his hand. That is where you live right now. Right now. In whatever situation you're in, that's where you are. That should be your reality. You don't have to worry about the enemy taking you down. Run to your brothers and sisters here in the body of Christ. Find someone to pray for you. Find the person to help you lift up your hands. Just pray. Oh, sorry. Pray and ask God. And he will answer. He will answer. I've seen him answer over and over and over and over and over again. Sometimes in ways I've expected. Sometimes in ways I haven't. Sometimes in years and years and years of waiting. But he does answer because he is 
faithful. That is who he is. And uh, like, you know, when we think about God, you can't think he's like a person that changes. Who he said he is is always, always 100% who he is. Faithful, loving, just, righteous, kind, patient, long-suffering. This is who he is, and it never changes. So the words he's spoken to you, the promises he's given you, you will see them answered. You will. Because that is who God is. You will see it answered. Just continue to pray. Continue to seek the Lord. Continue to read the word. Nothing happens unless we pray. That's just how he set up his kingdom, is we have to pray. We have to ask. He only moves when we ask and we pray. If you want to see more of God in your life, spend more time with God. If you want to see more of God in your family, pray more. If you want to see more change in your life, read more of the word of God. Let it become living and alive inside of you. It's not just words. It's not just words. It's living and active, and it is the rock that we stand upon in this world. So be encouraged today as you leave that you are not in the kingdom of darkness, that you have God's last name. And I think I probably said that before, which I think is his last name is peace, love, and joy. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And that is what your last name is now. You are in his family. It doesn't matter what anyone else has said about you. It only matters that God has called you his own. And if you cling to him, you will see the goodness and the glory right here. You don't, if God calls you to go somewhere else, please go. Don't tell him no. But if right here, you're here for a reason, to see his kingdom come right here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant church outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin, and you can find out more about us at BethelCov.org.